Welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I am Callie Dixon, your host, and this is a podcast for those of you with chronic illness, chronic pain, mental illness, anything that tells you that you cannot be well. And we talk here about how you can be well despite and even because of your struggle. So today is sort of an impromptu uh, recording. I have been sick all weekend, so you might hear it in my voice. I'm sorry. Um, But I finally watched the Super Bowl Sunday um, halftime show, and it's been creating a lot of controversy. And so I was like, I really just, I really wanted to stay out of it because, you know, I got enough. I've got enough going on in my life that I don't need to take on this, right? But as I started hearing all of the different opinions on it, uh, it actually came back to a topic I've been wanting to bring up on the Chronically Well podcast. Uh, it's We are going to talk about it in terms of chronic illness eventually, but, but today's episode is for women, all kinds of women. Uh, chronic illness or none, because we are talking about sexuality. And while I say that this is just for women, I think that you should listen if you're a man too, because, hey, you have lots of women around you, and I think you might want to know what we're thinking. It might be good, and it might be good for you to understand how all of this, how the Super Bowl thing, how... uh, you know, everything that's been going on in our country, uh, why, why, why it matters to us as women. Uh, so boys, you should listen too. Um, I have a blog article too that goes along with this. It's going to talk about a lot of the same things as what I'm saying now, but uh, sometimes when I talk, I say a little bit more. So who knows what we're going to find here today. Uh, but Like I said, I'm not sure how super wise it is of me to start talking about something so controversial when I already have a lot of controversial things happening in my private life, but I don't think I was one of those people who was made to stay quiet. Uh, I think if when you were born, there was some sort of warning label put on you, one on me would be likely to get herself in trouble speaking up. Um, so here I am. I'm, I'm going to talk about some stuff. I think that really the, the real problem we have is that we're afraid to talk. We don't have a safe place where we can go and have a real conversation. There's such a dualistic thinking approach opinions in this country where you're either hot or you're cold you're black or you're white you're one side or the other and um I just I hope that this can be a conversation about sexuality from a very direct point of view however I hope that it can kind of open up a dialogue for those of you who want to speak up about things who maybe feel one way or a different way and We are all women, and if we really respect one another, then we should allow each of us to speak. Uh, So yeah, I think both sides need respect. I think, unfortunately though, 
there really hasn't been anywhere we can go to do that. And uh, I hope that I hope that we can start creating that um, because what I see a lot on social media is even through this Super Bowl thing is people will say one thing and then just get attacked. It's just like, well, I think that this was a really strong thing for women. And then you get the well, but they're exploiting women by being by being exploiting themselves. And then you'll hear, you know, the other side of it and people attacking that. So. I just hope that we can have an honest conversation, <laughs> that I can tell you my own perspective. Um, if I get attacked, I'm prepared for that. But uh, if any of you make comments on here, I promise you that I will be very diligent about keeping this uh, safe place for you to say how you feel and not get attacked. Um, so yeah, feel free to comment on the blog page on this. There's a few points that I wanted to make. There's actually four, four points. And the first one is that girls are taught that our bodies are shameful. Uh, now here's the deal. We all have our own narrative. We all grew up different ways. We were taught different things. So this is just mine. I'm not going to pretend that this applies to everyone. But I do think that there are a lot of you who have a similar story to my own. And so maybe this is something that you can relate to. Um, my freshman year of high school, so we had a very, very strict dress code. At, I went to a private Christian school. It was a very good school. I made lots of really great friends. There were lots of really great teachers. There are some things, though, that... I don't think we're super helpful. And um, so my freshman year of high school, I'm in the cafeteria. My super cute, hot English teacher. Okay, so looking back, and not, I hope he's not listening to this, but looking back, he probably wasn't like the hottest person alive, but he was like mildly attractive. And so when you're in high school, if you have a mildly attractive teacher, I mean, he's basically like a, a 10, you know? Um, plus, he was an English teacher, so he, uh, he, he would recite poetry. <laughs> and, and it was beautiful. I mean, you can't, Shakespeare, come on. You can't, you're a freshman girl with a mildly cute English teacher quoting Shakespeare. He's pretty great. So you can understand why it might be humiliating when he called me over in the cafeteria and he asked me, Callie, why are you wearing that shirt? And I said, and I knew I, I knew I was going to get in trouble based on the way that he asked that. And I said, because it's cute. And he kind of rolled his eyes. He told me to lift my arms and I did. And lo and behold, my belly showed, which in Christianese, in private schools, Christian schools, this is called your midriff. And apparently, it took me until writing this out, coming up with this, to realize that it's midriff and not midrift. I always thought it was midrift, like, you know, the drift of the midsection. But it's actually a midrift. That's really not important, but... um. I just had, <laughs> had to throw that in there. Anyway, I think you can probably understand why this was a bit humiliating for me. I I was ashamed. I mean, I was mortified. I 
here's the deal. Yes, I broke the dress code. I, I have a really long torso. Not to like defend myself overly, but I was told by a chiropractor once that I could have been a good swimmer because I have such a great long torso. I never used it for my benefit. It only hindered me when I got in trouble for my midriff showing. Um, but here's... Here's the issue. Yes, I broke. Yes, I broke the rules. I broke the dress code. I put my sweater on before class and I didn't get in trouble. And thank you to him for not actually writing me up for that because that would have been even worse. Um, but we are taught as girls that we need to cover up. I could probably write at least 10 instances when we are taught that it is our responsibility as women to be modest. Uh, because if a boy saw something like our stomach or, you know, saw a little bit of the cleavage or, you know, God forbid your skirt was more than two inches above your knees, you were causing them to stumble, uh, to use another Christian phrase. You were causing them to sin. Um, and I guess I just want to say to, I could really talk about this forever, but the, the one point I want to make to all of you teachers and preachers out there in all of your modesty uh, training and teaching, you're not teaching us to be modest. You're teaching us to be ashamed of our bodies. Because um, can I just, can I tell you something that I think, I, I think we all know. Boys think about sex constantly. Um and this is with or without the presence of our midriffs, okay? Like, I really think a teenage boy could see a girl in, you know, full sweats from her head to her toes, ski mask, moon boots, and he still is thinking about that girl without her clothes on. And I don't think <laughs> that it's too far out there to just call this out and say that that's happening. Can I say something else? This is not bad. This is not wrong. I don't think that that boy, on the other hand, should be shamed for thinking about that girl with her clothes off. Um, it's If it wasn't a natural thing to happen, then not every single boy in the world would go through that. Uh, we are, holy cow, I can't believe I'm even saying this, um, we are sexual beings. Sex is fantastic. It's something I believe we were created to want, to need, and to engage in. Uh, the real problem that we have is that we're taught to fear it. Uh, we're taught to even fear our own bodies. Uh, I was so afraid of what a boner would be. You guys, I, I thought that it was like a rigor mortis like I thought it was going to be this stiff crusty thing I was terrified I was terrified to ever see an erect penis um that's all I'm going to say about this because I think my mom is probably listening and it's too much but I'm going to go I'm going to go back to um the Super Bowl halftime show uh we're taught uh, that two women embracing their sexuality is something to be terrified by. I understand there are different points of view on this. I hear them. And again, this is a safe place to discuss this. But I want to go through some other issues 
Okay, so number two is sex trafficking. This is something else, though, that we should really be talking about and not just around the Super Bowl, okay? Because apparently the issue is there's an influx of sex trafficking because of crowds, because of gambling, I don't know, drinking, all of it. And according to a recent article from Focus on the Family, I'm just, I'm just going to read it. Uh, it's our view of sex and empowerment. We watch something like this year's halftime show and are told that objectification and hypersexualization are liberating, that it's better to exploit ourselves than to let someone else do it for us. That was written by a woman. God bless her. Uh, I'm sure she believes that what she is writing is well and good and she's standing up for women. I don't think so. Um, I had to take a few deep breaths before I responded to this because ultimately this is the whole problem. A woman's body is not pornographic. A woman exploring cultural connections through dance, it's not pornographic. What is pornographic is the men, the women, and the industries who take our bodies and make money off of it. Um, They've essentially stolen our sexuality. And then when we try to get it back by doing something like embracing our bodies, Shakira and J-Lo going out and dancing and showing their uh, Colombian heritage, um showing how sexy women are, of course we're told that it's our fault. Of course we're told that it's objectification. And this this upsets me because it's their objectification, their sickness, their crimes. I don't feel that you can look at J-Lo and Shakira and tell them that it's their fault that there are, is sex trafficking out there happening, that they are exploiting their bodies. They are not exploiting their bodies. They are dancing and they are beautiful women. I really hate to say it, but articles like this are really the root of the problem because, once again, it's women's fault. It's our fault that embracing our bodies as something is beautiful is shameful. Do you see the problem? Okay, I have to move on. Number three, we were born with vaginas, okay? So, and this is however you identify and all of that, that's not what I'm talking, we're not going to have that conversation right now. Right now, I'm talking about people who have vaginas who identify as women, okay? Um, I mean, I really shouldn't have to say it, but I just did. Girls have vaginas. We do vaginas bring pleasure they do this again is not a bad thing so when I hear things like hypersexualization in that article I cringe a little bit because um do we like do we shame ourselves for wanting food for saying I'm hungry usually we don't Why? Because it's a natural biological need. It must be satisfied, okay? The same is with thirst. If you don't get it, you're going to die. Sleep, the same. Now, if you don't get sex, you won't die. (laughs) But it is a basic need, okay? If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, 
sex is on there. Um, and yet it's become the one basic need that we have been taught is wrong. Unless, okay, unless you're married and you're doing it to have children, okay? Regardless of your beliefs, you want sex, okay? Unless you're like asexual or something like that. But most people want sex regardless of what faith they practice. The problem we run into is not respecting our bodies when it comes to sex. And various religions, beliefs have various opinions on how we respect our bodies. Um, The question that I have found myself asking lately before I put on a sexy outfit is, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for someone else? I really think that that's the key. Are you dressing the way that you are? Are you presenting yourself the way that you are? Are you dancing the way that you are because of how you feel about yourself? Because you feel like a damn sexy beast and you want to go out and show it? Or is it because you need someone else to approve of how you look to make you feel better? Um, I really think that true sexiness exudes from confidence So, you know, you could be wearing a turtleneck and go out there and if it makes you feel good, oh, that's sexy, girl. You know, it doesn't have to be a low-cut top to be sexy. Being sexy is being sure of who you are and and letting the world see that and not being afraid. Um, It doesn't matter what you're wearing. So it should come from confidence, not from insecurity. And... Um, my point really is here that we have just got to stop shaming girls and women for acknowledging that we have that basic need of sex. We want it just as much as boys do, okay? Um, again, that doesn't mean we start tearing off our clothes and running into the streets and saying, someone come over and have sex with me. Um, but this is really where that conversation begins about respecting our bodies. This is a conversation that parents should be having with our children. My girls are five and seven. I'm going to start having to have that conversation with them, but I can have it in smaller ways when they're younger. I can say, baby, you look beautiful. You picked out that outfit. Does that outfit make you feel good? You look beautiful. Or say like my daughter who wanted to wear tights and (laughs) tights alone and just a normal shirt to school. I had to have the conversation with her. Honey, I know you really like that outfit, but it's against the rules at school. You look beautiful, but we just can't wear it at school. You know, we can't insert the shaming of, oh, that's a naughty outfit. Because it's not. It's not naughty. She doesn't know She doesn't know that. But we start having those conversations in small ways. And depending on your background, on your narrative, I'm not going to step into your life and tell you how you have that conversation. You know, for some people it means abstinence. That's another conversation that I would love to have with some people sometimes. But for me, that's, that's not what it means. For me, it means respecting your body, having those conversations, learning how to take care of your body. Um, I do want to challenge you that regardless of your faith background, regardless of what you believe, um, please help your children to understand that their body is not bad that their sexual desires are not bad, that everything about them is good and it's beautiful and it's natural. Boys getting a boner, normal. It's natural. And we really need to honor 
what we do with these beautiful bodies and these desires. So your interpretation of what that may mean is obviously up to you. But we cannot continue to turn sexuality into something that is bad and evil and something to be squeamish about. Um, Honestly, it would save so many girls, so many of my friends, uh, money on therapy because they were taught that sex was bad. And that's so sad to me because it is such a beautiful, lovely thing that we were meant to engage in and they can't enjoy it because they were taught shame. Um, So let's just stop doing that, can we? Okay, number four, my fourth point um, is that insecure women react negatively to beautiful, secure women. I'm sorry, I have to say it, but... Uh, I do it, I've done it, I continue to do it from time to time. When we are most insecure, we are going to look at that woman who is comfortable with her sexuality, who had just posted that selfie of herself in the bikini, or who's wearing the sexy jeans, and we are going to, if not actually visually roll our eyes, we are rolling our eyes internally thinking, who does she think she is? Um... And maybe it's because we're, you know, Becky be good church lady and we've been taught that anything short of that turtleneck is satanic. But I think more often than not, it's because we see the beauty and we don't feel it in ourselves. We see the size four and we curse our curves. Or we see the double Ds that are perky how that happens, how, I don't know. I, usually it's surgical, but see, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, <clears throat> we see the double Ds and we remember the boobs our milk-crazed babies left with us. <laughs> we see our significant others look at another beautiful woman and our stomachs clench because we wonder what it is about us that's not as good as her. Um, I feel like maybe that one touches home a little bit with some of you uh we watch a halftime show we see two gorgeous women and we wonder why we don't have the same ass this as i have found with most things is not actually a problem with society it's not a problem with hypersexualization. it's actually it's a problem with ourselves we feel that something is lacking we feel insignificant and i uh, Um, Again, another conversation, I'm not going to pretend like the airbrushed ads, the ridiculous expectations that are out there for women are good. Um, That's that's an entirely different conversation um, on how, once again, our bodies have been exploited for someone else to make money. Uh, But for now, we're talking about seeing other beautiful women and not being able to see the beauty in ourselves. Normal women, okay? Not, Not airbrushed fake women. So um, for too long, for me, myself, I would see another beautiful woman and it made me feel worse about myself. I'd see her boobs and I would wish I could afford that boob job. Who is that doctor in Chicago that takes the fat from your butt and puts it into your boobs? Damn it, I need him. Um, I'd see a flat tummy and wish I had really stuck with those ab exercises that I started and did really diligently for five days. Um... I'd see full lips 
and I'd look up how much it is to do Botox because bigger lips are sexier. Um, I'd see a tiny nose that looked good in a stocking cap because you guys, my Italian nose, I just, I don't, I don't look good in a stocking cap. It's okay. I've come to grips. Um, but all of these insecurities magnified in the beauty of other women, right? We see the beauty in the other women and it makes us feel less about ourselves. And all of this was true for me until I actually saw me. She wasn't perfect, you know, not everything about my body is perfect, uh, but she was beautiful. You know, that less than flat tummy created three lives. And those less than full boobs, they kept those three lives living for a year more of their own lives. My nose, it's my Italian heritage. I, I wear it with pride. And my lips, they speak love and kindness and they kiss people that they love. And this physical appreciation, it's not like one day all of a sudden I looked at myself in the mirror and I felt great about myself. It came after a lot of self-work. It came after I accepted who I was beneath the makeup, who I was beneath the hair, who I was beneath that less than perfect body. And really, truly, I found her when I got sick. And that was when I felt the most unsexy I had ever felt and I needed to get to that place of soul acceptance and when I did I found a soul who wanted to find beauty and more than just the physical but it's really funny because as you start to engage in finding the beauty spiritually or in conversation in nature in your own soul and the connection with souls with other people um you actually start to see physical beauty of others as well like I, I remember thinking when I saw someone a woman and I didn't feel that initial pang of jealousy and I looked at her and I saw her as a beautiful creation I was like whoa <laughs> what's going on inside of me that I can actually appreciate the beauty of another woman and not feel threatened by it it was all about finally being okay with me. Um, and I, I will tell you, I will tell another woman that they're sexy, like all the time. It no longer, longer intimidates me. Unless I do have, I do have those bad days. And I can tell, you can tell when I'm feeling insecure if I see another woman and feel that jealousy I can feel my eyes roll and then it's it's a it's a red flag it's an indication okay Kelly, you got to do some work you got to figure out what's off in you um and I just I, I remind myself she's beautiful don't rob other women of their beauty because you're too scared to find your own so um I guess I'm just going to end this long rant by saying that you are beautiful you, whoever you are listening to this podcast, stumbled upon it, maybe you found me on Instagram, I don't know, I don't know who you are, but you, you're beautiful. And maybe we don't see eye to eye on the halftime show. Maybe we don't see eye to eye on sexuality. But if I can leave you with anything, it is that the female body is not something to be ashamed of. Your body, your own body is not something to hide you need to respect it, yes. And this is going to mean different things to different people. To me, it means embracing it. 
It means finally not being afraid to share the parts of it that I thought were wrong to share before. You are sexy. This is not bad. This is not wrong. You were created this way. It was not a mistake. You are not a mistake. So how you present yourself, entirely up to you. If someone sees it as pornographic, they can look away because it's not your problem. Because you have finally accepted yourself as true and right and good. And girl, you need to get down with that sexy self. There is no shame needed. Okay? So that's my point on all of this. Let me know what you think. Um, But I really hope each of you steps away from this, understanding you are nothing to be ashamed of. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more from the Chronically Well podcast, you can subscribe. And so anytime a new episode comes out, you will be downloading it right into your iTunes library. So go ahead, go over to the Chronically Well podcast, hit subscribe. And I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review for me over on iTunes because then it helps other people see that, hey, other people like this show. Maybe I should listen enough people start listening to this show maybe I can start making more episodes so thanks for being here thanks for listening Uh, I hope that you truly see yourself as a beautiful creature Um, and until next time remember to continue to live your life chronically well